Well, good morning, Greenwich. It is Thursday. It is January 7th, and it is a sad day, is it not? Uh, I've struggled with my own thoughts and emotions uh, last evening, overnight, uh, waking into this morning. Uh, as you can see, I have something prepared uh, that was prepared yesterday, earlier in the day, and I'm going to push the pause button on that uh, study and reflection and uh, sit with you in the same pain and distress and sadness and anger and frustration and bewilderment at yesterday's events. Uh, our son Turner is still with us for a few days. I was to be taking him back to Washington DC yesterday afternoon at 4.15. <laughs> concluded the discussion, the Bitter Enders discussion group that, that flows out of this time. And so we'll have to sign off, got to take my son back, and then went upstairs and watched the news and said, we're not going back to D.C. today. <laughs> so we're going to delay his uh, return back to his apartment. I was disturbed, distressed, saddened uh, by what I witnessed, as I'm sure uh, you were uh, and are uh, as well. Um, I want to read from several psalms uh, from the, the morning set of psalms. This is why we need the psalms. The psalms give us language. They give us actual words and images to capture life when we do not know what to pray or how to pray, the Psalms give us the words to pray. We are not the only ones who've lived through distressing moments. We are not the only ones who've seen the clash of, of, of light and dark. <laughs> We're not the only ones, but this is our time and this is our challenge. And so let me read from some of the day seven Psalms. I think I'll read all of Psalm 7. O Lord my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me, or they will tear me like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. O Lord my God, if I have done this and there is guilt on my hands, if I have done evil to him who is at peace with me or without cause have robbed my foe, then let my enemy pursue me and overtake me. Let him trample my life to the ground and make me sleep in the dust. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God, decree justice. Let the assembled peoples gather around you. Rule over them from on high. Let the Lord judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity, O Most High. O righteous God who searches minds and hearts, bring to an end the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. My shield is God most high, who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge, a God who expresses his wrath every day. If he does not relent, he will sharpen his sword, he will bend and string his bow. 
He has prepared his deadly weapons. He makes ready his flaming arrows. He who is pregnant with evil and conceives trouble gives birth to disillusionment. He who digs a hole and scoops it out falls into the pit he has made. The trouble he causes recoils on himself. His violence comes down on his own head. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Psalm 7. Now, it's about Cush, uh, a Benjamite that was at odds with David, and his enemy. But set against the backdrop of yesterday's events, this psalm takes on a fresh energy. These words are alive. God is a righteous judge. He will hold accountable all who do wrong. And so we need to learn Psalm 7. Absent yesterday's events, I was thinking to read Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. But the events of the day bring into contrast or, or bring into focus another psalm that sounds like it could have been written yesterday or overnight or this morning. That the cry of the human heart against this evil and evildoers, those who dig the hole, scoop it out, fall into the pit they have made. The trouble he causes recoils on himself as violence comes down on his own head. Those seeking to do something they perceive to be right was so drastically and dramatically wrong, and we could all see it, couldn't we? Just the same way the, 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 the race riots and looting of last summer were so obviously wrong. But this isn't a political thing. This is a human thing. Oh, these are political supporters. I recognize that. And there were political people marching last summer. But this is what humans do, okay? Psalm 37, just a portion of it. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. So don't fret over the wickedness. Refrain from anger. Turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. That's Psalm 37. Portion of Psalm 97. The Lord reigns, let the earth be glad, let the distant shores rejoice. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. Whatever cause we think we need to pursue, 
whatever cause we become passionate about, unless the Lord is in that, it is vain. Whatever house we seek to build, if the Lord is not in it, it will not be built. And if the Lord does not watch over a city or a nation, the watchmen stand guard in vain. We may be watching something. I was talking to my son Turner as we, we just sat there for hours uh, last night in front of the television. He asked, what other event like this? Um, he was young at not 9-11. He was just, what, second grade. I said, well, obviously 9-11. I said, probably Oklahoma City. Um, the Oklahoma City bombing. We were in Halstead, Kansas, the first church I served. When that happened, just down the road, a couple hours down the road from us. So it felt local to us. And I said Columbine, which was just 45 minutes down the road, which felt local to us. Because <laughs> I was in Denver, uh, in Boulder, serving when, when Columbine happened. These, these Kairos moments that, that, that pivot where life is never quite the same after that. So Oklahoma City, domestic terrorism is a reality. Columbine, evil in our schools is a reality. September 11, terrorism, and we were not invulnerable uh, to attack. And now this. They, they, they feel the same. Those who were, were older than I am will no doubt probably recall uh, JFK's assassination or Pearl Harbor, dates which live in infamy. This is a day that will live in infamy. Um, my mind's going in several uh, directions um, and probably will we'll reflect a little bit uh, tomorrow uh, as well. So first thought is we need the Psalms. <clears throat> this is why I'm going to continue teaching you a rule of prayer to pray the Psalms because we need to pray the Psalms. So, I, so when I pick up my Psalter this morning and say my morning prayers, I have language for what I'm experiencing and what has happened in our nation. And so I can cry out in the language of the psalmists against this great evil that we have witnessed. Let, let me offer three overnight reflections and then through today and into tomorrow morning uh, we'll probably uh, have some additional reflections. I offer these as a pastor and I offer these as a Christian. Um, I, I'm trying to stay in my lane, okay? I'm an American citizen. I have political thoughts and views, but I want to offer these pastorally to you for your consideration. I recognize some of what I'm about to say may not sit well with some. And I welcome your feedback, I truly do. I welcome your pushback, but I, but I also welcome your openness to consider what I'm going to say as something to be heard. The first reflection is this, that we should not be surprised at anything that humans come up with. Let us not say, I'm shocked by this. We should, as Christians, we are not shocked. We are not shocked at evil because we know evil is present. Now, I recognize many at Greenwich are supporters of President Trump. I'm not unaware of that. And so there's this, how could our team be doing these things? Those must have been Antifa or, you know, that, that I've already heard that that's already started to emerge. This wasn't really our people. We're peaceful people. 
we ought not be shocked at anything that humans come up with because if one thing, one theme I've explored in the last 10 months of doing this, Genesis 3, the fall. Sin is real, friends. This is what sin looks like. Sin is not eating too much chocolate cake. Sin is not, you know, letting a bad word slip out of your mouth. Sin is not drinking just a little, you know, too much alcohol or smoking a cigarette. Th those may be sins, but this is what sin looks like. I have gone on and on about how eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, humans take unto themselves the prerogative that belongs to God alone, that is to determine right and wrong for themselves. And then what we do is we gather into moral tribes. And friends, you saw a moral tribe yesterday. You saw a moral tribe convinced of their righteousness, storming the Capitol, breaking the law. Somebody gets shot. <laughs> and that is Genesis 3. We ought not be shocked at anything that humans come up with. One picture I saw a person is holding a flag that says, make America godly again. I defy anybody to tell me how what happened yesterday is godly. We ought not be shocked. This, my friends, is empirical evidence of the fall. <laughs> and what's sad is some of these are Christian people believing they are doing the will of God by storming the Capitol, vandalizing. And, and, and so it's, it's stunning, but I ought not be stunned. Of course these things happen. This is what sinners do. This is what tribalism looks like. And so that's the first reflection is let's not be shocked. Let, let's put aside any kind of, you know, how could this happen? We as Christians understand how these things can happen. We are all sinners, every one of us. The rioters and looters from last summer who are going into businesses and going into uh, office buildings and rioting and looting and, and destruction of property. And what happened yesterday? Sin knows no political uh, divide. Sin is irrespective of people. It dwells in all people. And so the first thought is, let's not be shocked, okay? This is what sinners do. Second is this. <clears throat> Proverbs 16.10 guides us well, okay? We studied the Proverbs, right, for some months. We did not look at this one in particular. Uh, Proverbs 16.10. The lips of a king speak as an oracle, and his mouth should not betray justice. The lips of a king speak as an oracle, that is, they speak as if from God, and his, his mouth should not betray justice. God has established authorities on earth. We need authority, we need structure. It's like the rules, the rule of prayer we're talking about. We need structure. God has established authorities at all kinds of levels, governmental authorities. He's established authorities um, within the family, mother and father. He's established uh, authority wherever we go. Somebody is in charge to help provide order and give guidance and structure. And the purpose of the authorities are to do the work of God to help the community flourish. The king or the president in our form of government 
when the king speaks, when the president speaks, he speaks as if from God because God establishes authorities. And so when the king speaks, when the president speaks, they are to speak with justice and truth and wisdom and humility to promote the flourishing of the community over which they have responsibility, over which they have been given authority. And so the lips of a king speak as an oracle. People hear the words of the king. People hear the words of a president and they take them as the voice of God. There is a sense of, well, that's what he said, so I'm going to go do it. The president's words yesterday before the Capitol was stormed, there was a rally. If you haven't watched it, go back and watch it or listen to it somehow. You can find it easily on the internet. And he says, we will go down to the Capitol and we will tell them. And so the words of the president yesterday contributed to the violence of yesterday. The wor his words are indefensible. And then the words that he spoke later in the day, as the Capitol was being stormed and taken, as that violence is unfolding and that chaos is unfolding, tweeting out and a little video contributing to the chaos, kind of eventually getting to, but go home. <laughs> the words are indefensible but it's the scripture that guides us in understanding this, right? The lips of a king speak as an oracle, as if from God. And so that these people would then have said, well, you know, we can go do this. The president encouraged us to do this. His lips betrayed justice yesterday. The king's lips are not to betray justice, but they did yesterday. Final reflection for now. The scripture is clear in Galatians, whatsoever a person or a people sow, they shall reap. Jesus said it clearly, by their fruits you will know them. And so the actions of the protesters that turn to rioters and perhaps insurrectionists are indefensible what happened yesterday, there is no defense that a Christian can make. I'm speaking as a Christian, I'm speaking as a pastor, okay? I recognize some of you may push back on what I'm saying, but there is no defense that I can imagine that a disciple of Jesus Christ can make for what happened yesterday. So, so let us not defend those actions and let us not deflect and divert responsibility for those actions. Well, what about those other people last summer? Those actions were wrong also, and I said as much. <laughs> and so what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And so the actions of the protesters yesterday are indefensible. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you cannot defend those actions. You say, yeah, but we need to, you know, uh, election security. That's a separate matter altogether. That is a separate matter altogether. But the actions of these people, trespassing, vandalizing, shooting, uh, perhaps looting uh, as well. I'm sure things were stolen as, as memorabilia. I'm not the only one who's offered this reflection. 
try to imagine if that crowd was predominantly African American or people of color. Try to imagine that and how different the scenarios would have been. We won't know. Uh, so it's a thought exercise. But try to imagine if that was an African American, a black crowd that stormed the Capitol and how the police may have responded and how the nation or some perhaps uh, in our own community may have been responding around this. So I'm stirred up, you are stirred up. Some of what I've just said may have stirred you up more. <laughs> I acknowledge that. I'll walk something back tomorrow if I need to, okay? But for now, this is what I offer. Um, yesterday was Epiphany, okay? In the Christian calendar, so the 12 days of Christmas ends on January 5th, and then the next day is Epiphany, and it's celebrated in two ways. When the wise men visited Jesus, Epiphany means manifestation. When Jesus was manifested to the Gentiles, okay? So he came not just for Jews, but also for Gentiles. And so there's a revealing or manifesting to the Gentiles. It's also celebrated as the baptism of Jesus. When Jesus is manifested as the Christ, okay? I'm not saying exactly that Jesus was baptized on January 6th, but that is when, that is when the, the feast or the remembrance of Jesus' baptism is celebrated in the church year. We don't generally make much of it at Greenwich. Perhaps we should. But epiphany, we say, oh, I had an epiphany, kind of like an aha. Yesterday was epiphanic, okay? Yesterday was an epiphany. It, it was apocalyptic. It was revealing. It was eye-opening. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this political division in our society and this love for a president that some have, <laughs> that in my opinion borders on the idolatrous, does not accord with scripture, but it is revealing. It is meant, something is being manifest among us. Um, I spoke this past summer about the reality of anarchy. Anarchy means without law. And the anarchy of the rioting and the looting, and we saw anarchy on display again. And friends, uh, the, the scripture speaks about the revealing of the man of lawlessness, or as lawlessness, uh, in the Thessalonian letters, that there will come a time when the man of lawlessness is revealed. There's another translation. The, the Greek word that says behind it is anarchy. When the anarchist is revealed. And we saw yesterday a manifestation of anarchy. There was no rule of law for a period of time. Thanks be to God, our lawmakers did come back into session and they conducted the business that they were gathered to do before they were run out. <laughs> May God have mercy upon us as a nation, but the symbolism of yesterday will long endure. It, it, it will be the symbolism of 9-11. It will be the symbolism of, of Pearl Harbor. It will be the symbolism of, of, of Columbine or okay, uh, Oklahoma City. It, it will be the symbolism that says we are in, something has changed. Now, it will calm back down. Lessons will be learned. But while the emotions are strong and passions are high, 
let us be wise let us heed the voice of scripture and as I've begun to teach let us pray these psalms crying out to God for mercy let's close for now um, probably will not pick up on this until next week probably will share some additional reflections pastoral reflections uh, tomorrow morning and Sunday morning was going to plan pl planning to start a new sermon series interestingly entitled a time to heal had mapped that out some weeks ago okay and so um, that will proceed but I'm sure there will be some additional remarks uh, thank you for your forbearance do do pray for me please uh, as I have this responsibility or take this responsibility to share these pastoral thoughts and as we will now pray anything I've said that is unwise unhelpful um, unworthy of God may they be blown away with the spirit let's pray merciful God we cry out in the language of the psalmist on behalf of our nation on behalf of those whose lives have been altered forever because of the events that took place yesterday in our capital our lives may have been altered forever because of the actions of a few and so we cry out for mercy and we ask you to watch over this city and watch over this nation lest we stand guard in vain but lord lead us to a deep repentance a deep awareness of our sin that this is what sin does and father lead us away from any moral tribalism that we have joined in an idolatrous way we pray oh god for one another for our children and grandchildren who will inherit a country that may be hurtling in a new direction and keep us faithful and strong as the followers of jesus christ to be salt and light to be peacemakers to be uh, sons and daughters of of the light and father blow away with the wind of your holy spirit anything that i have said that is unwise that is unhelpful that is untrue that is unworthy of your great and glorious name and do this we pray for the sake and in the name of jesus christ who taught us to pray together saying our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us please deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and forevermore. Amen.